Report, recorded live on Jupiter's third largest moon, Callisto. Projecting the voice with this mic that he's cuffing. You ain't his knucker, suckers his snuffing. He's your host, Icy Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It's me again, Icy Robots. I'm not a hero. I just sacrificed to make your life a bit better each and every week. And this week, it's going to get a bunch better because we got a ton of fun stuff. We got uh, we got some dig stories, got some dog walking stories, got at the movies with uh, Daddy's Home with Mark Wahlberg and uh, what's his face, Will Ferrell. But, um... Things aren't all that great up here for us, man. Iceberg said it was something called, I don't know what he said it was, Robot Ramadan or some such thing. So he's gone and he took he took just about everybody on the crew with him. It's a whole, whole robotic uh, crew up here and they're all off doing something. So as of right now, I am the only guy on the IC Robots Jupiter Station. Um, I don't know, man. It's weird. Space... Space is fun, but it's also pretty lonely, and right about now, with nobody here to talk to, except for you, I am feeling the rigors of deep space misery. At any rate, though, let's move into the next section of the show we call, uh, Walking the Dog. This is the Toys R Us Report, and we'll make you famous, taking over the earth while still kicking in Uranus. I'm not always up here alone on the station by myself. Um, I get a couple days where I get to go back to Earth, hit the dig, do things like that. You know, this is just a job like anything. I'm up here with all these robots. I don't... Sometimes I wonder, I wonder what even is our mission on the IC Robots Jupiter Station. I do not know. I do not know. All I know is I gotta come up here. I gotta keep these vents clean. That's my main duty. Cleaning the space vents. Me and Iceberg work at it all the time. It's... They, they get particles. Particles of space dust gather, and before you know it, the exhaust isn't working, things back up. I don't know. It's just, it's what they have us doing anyway, but um, when I'm back on Earth and I get time to do things that I want, one of the things I usually do is I walk my dog. I like to take her out. I gotta, I gotta take her out. I gotta be responsible dog owner. I take her out twice a day, once in the morning, once at night, and uh, let's get down to the point of the story. So I take her out. It gets dark early. You know how it is. It's winter. It gets dark early, and... Around this part of the country, we get fog. We get really thick fog. So I'm taking the dog out. It's, it's like 7 o'clock. It's not even that late. But uh, we're going for a walk, and it's dark, and it's foggy. So we're going down the same street we always go down to, and she gets, um, when we get near the corner, she starts to get agitated. She likes to chase cats. I don't know if she likes to chase them, but she does like to find them. I never let her off the leash to do it. She just likes to find them, and she always gets excited when she sees a cat hiding underneath something. So... She's walking along, and she gets, um, she gets all caught up in something over by a car, and I figure it's a cat. I have earphones on. I'm hardly paying attention. I'm listening to some beats. Probably some, like, Naughty by Nature, maybe Gangstar, something like that. Anyway, I'm walking along, and I'm listening to it, and, uh, she starts getting agitated, so I don't know what's going on. I figure it's probably a cat, so I kind of, I nudge her forward a bit with my foot. I don't kick her. I never kick my dog, never, but I did touch her on her tail with my foot, and she didn't move. Usually, when I do that, she kind of... 
she gets the idea, you know, I give her a poke, a little poke on the tail, and she gets going, but she did not, she did not get going, so I'm like, what's going on, so I give her kind of a, kind of a yank, not a yank, I'm not yanking, I pull, I kind of go, come on, let's go, and I start trying to move her along, but, um, she won't move an inch, and she's starting to get really agitated, so I drop the earphones off my head, and I check in to, uh, see what's going on, and in, in the fog, I see what seems to be a wolf poking its head out of uh out of these bushes at me it's like foggy it's dark we don't have the street lights on where i live they say that they're conserving energy so they keep them off um pretty much all the time so a lot of these areas are dark and i can see what what looks to be a wolf's face poking out at me and i kind of i i start to back up a bit because we you know we don't have wolves around here but we do live near a mountain range and i have heard tale of like mountain lions and pumas and things of that sort and it doesn't seem out of uh out of the realms of possibility that some kind of a wild wolf type dog might be might be in my neighborhood but um i back up you know i back up for safety i'm like whoa whoa let's see what this is you know and the dog starts to emerge from the fog and i see that it is not in fact a wolf it's actually a pretty large uh siberian husky and i'm thinking Oh, this is, you know, kind of a friendly, uh, looking dog when I get a nice, nice, uh, look into its face. It seems, you know, it's a pet. I can tell it's a pet. It has a big collar on. So I try to get my hand on the collar to see if I can, you know, I approach it safely. I don't just like start grabbing. I kind of move in with my hand out like, hey dog, what's going on? You know, try to get its attention. And he seems, he seems receptive. But when I reach out to check his tag, he bites me. He bit me on the hand, but I was wearing gloves. It was only a gentle bite. Didn't break through. But, you know, I kind of move back like, hey, buddy, what's going on, you know? And he runs around me into the street. And I'm thinking, at this point, I can just leave this dog because it's kind of a hazardous, it's a potentially hazardous situation. And I can leave him if I so choose. But if my dog was out there, I'd hope somebody would make the extra effort to try to get her back to me. So I'm just like, I'm going to try one more time. But then the dog starts jumping up in the air, just like straight up in the air and, uh, this kind of dog must be super athletic because it's like, it's, it's like two, three feet off the ground straight up. And I'm like, what's going on? You know, and my dog's starting to get a bit edgy too. So we start backing up and then it starts bouncing toward us. It's bouncing in the air. Just, it's like it has springs for feet up, down, up, down. And I'm going, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if this is aggressive. I have no idea what this is. Um, but he's, you know, bouncing up and down, bouncing up and down, and I start backing up, and it's following me. I'm not, I'm not scared. I'm not showing fear, but I am thinking that this is kind of a weird thing. So I'm kind of backing up with my dog, and I'm thinking, what are we going to do? And then I kind of start remembering that I think I know where this dog lives. I'm like, it lives right around the corner and down the street, and I'm thinking, maybe I'll just go over to their house, knock on their door, and say, hey, your dog's out. But um, when I start to move in that direction, he gives me the bounce. Bounce up, bounce down, up, up, down, up, down, up. So... I can't get past him and end up having to go all the way around the block. Finally, I do make it to its house and, you know, they're happy to get it and they come and get it. And, um, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry after all this. It is kind of a boring story. But if you could have seen the dog bounce up and down, you would not be thinking this was boring. Um, let me try it here. I got to know. This happened last week. This is interesting, too. You can have two stories. Two stories today. Two personal tales. I'm sitting there with the old lady and we're watching TV and I decide... Maybe I'm going to test and see if I have psychic power. So I decide, I tell her, okay, when I count to three, I am going to launch a beam of psychic energy at your head saying a certain word. I'm going to pick a word. I'm going to say it. I'm going to shoot it right at your head. And she looks at me and it's like, okay, if you want. So I go, 
one, two, three, uh, and I, I forced it. I forced it as hard as I could. I was like when Professor X is out there uh, checking the world for mutants in Cerebro, or, you know, when he makes that face. I'm like, oh, I sent, oh, like right at her, and she looks at me and goes, Samuel Jackson, and I go, that was it. I actually did send the phrase Samuel Jackson to her head, and she received it. So I thought maybe we could test it again, and we'll see what happens, but I'm just like, you know what? I'm a psychic. I'm a perfect psychic. I have powers, and I'm like, eh, happy with that. Not going to try it again. So, I don't know. Two stories in one. Let's move. This is this has gone on for a lot longer than I thought, so I apologize. We're going to move forward into At The Movies. In a moment, At The Movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? Brad had finally been accepted by his stepkids. You want to talk to me? Sorry, it's kind of a big moment for me. Until... My ex-husband's here. Dusty came home. Good night. I love you. He loves you almost as much as I do. <laughs> but I love you so much more. Eh, not possible. Looks like we got ourselves a good old-fashioned dad off. Did you see Dad's motorcycle? <laughs> He's a lot of bike, man. Daddy's home. Love you guys so much. The best day. I love you so much. PG-13. Daddy's Home came out on Christmas, and we intended to see it at Christmas, but it just, it didn't come to be. Other things came up, and it wasn't until the other day that we finally did see it. Now, the movie's okay, but uh, I got a bone to pick with it. It is presented as sort of a family film. Now, they never go out of their way, and they say that it's for the family, but they put it out on Christmas. It has kids. It has Daddy in the title. And while I did not think that it was a full-on family deal because it is PG-13, there are some pretty, uh, I don't know, risque scenes in the movie, and if you're sensitive about that kind of stuff, like I sorta am when it comes to the family, you're going to feel a bit uncomfortable. There is a whole deal where, uh, Will Ferrell and his wife, Linda Cardellini, who's also the Hawkeye's wife in The Avengers, there's a whole thing where they go to a fertility clinic, and it gets, um, I don't know, you might feel a bit uncomfortable. All right, with all that out of the way, the movie is, it's a kind of a deal where you got the cool guy played by Mark Wahlberg and the fuddy-duddy guy played by Will Ferrell, both competing for the love of their family. Will Ferrell's is the stepfather. Mark Wahlberg is the father. I did have another bone to pick with the movie. Uh, It felt like to me during the course of the thing, Will Ferrell's family, including his wife, all turn on him. And I, I don't know. I think as the family dude myself, I had, uh, I had some sympathy for him. I had a lot. I left feeling a bit uncomfortable just at how easily they flipped and went back to Dusty, who, um, he more or less abandoned them. He's out, he's been out working as, like, a soldier of fortune or some kind of an operative, and he, uh, he left his family to go have, you know, fun and, it, well, not no fun. He left his family to have adventures, go out there and uh, lead the life of people who don't have families. But anyway, if they don't kind of turn on him, you don't have the conflict. So I guess that's to be expected. Anyway, the movie is not, it's not fantastic. Uh, Will Ferrell has, he, I think he's the funniest guy around, but he just hasn't made anything that fantastic in a while and this goes along with it there are some laughs you'll get you'll get some chuckles you'll definitely get your chuckle on but um you could just as easily see this one on hbo or on netflix or wherever it lands so i don't know 
Overall, I am going to give Daddy's Home mm, three mics on the source scale. It's going to get three out of five, meaning it's okay. You'll you'll have an okay time, but it's, you know, it's not uh, genre-defining. It's not an important film. It's just a way to spend an hour and a half. But there are some funny performances. It's not, it's not bad all, you know, it's not bad all in all. It's just not as good as some of the other things that are out there. So... ISR thumbs in the middle. You could see it. You won't. Um, you won't hate it. But at the same time, if you spend money on it, you might be a bit bummed out. Hey, this is Michael Bell, the voice of Duke on GI Joe, and you're listening to the Toys R Us report. Yo, Joe. Make sure to visit VirtualDirtMall.com and support the Toys R Us report with a generous purchase of some retro or not-so-retro junk. Maybe a Ghostbusters action figure or a Star Trek propeller hat. It's really up to you. VirtualDirtMall.com. You won't be sorry for long. Jingleberry, you want it, you got it. More tales from the dig, aka Dig Life. If you don't know, you will soon know the dig is what we call the Goodwill outlet store here in my neighborhood. Some people call it the store, some people call it the quarter, some people call it the piles. But um what we call it is the dig, and the basic idea is that the dig is the place where items at the Goodwill go. Before they go off to the dump. So you get some incredible prices. You do make some incredible finds. But you got to spend your time with some weird dudes doing some weird stuff. Digging through garbage. Um, I go there a couple times a week. I have a good time. I like doing it. I like digging. You, got, you, uh, you have to be diligent. You got to dig your way to the bottom. And you got to look. You got to look hard. But there is a lot of good things to be found. Um... There never seemed as if there was a rhyme or reason to what was going on, but it did seem to me that some people do get better things than other people. So, I knew there had to be a secret to the dig, but I did not know what that secret was. There are a couple characters that hang out there on the regular. We call them the cannibals. The Spanish-speaking folks uh, call them the Americans. Los Americanos, they live in a um, in an RV, like a mobile home thing, attached to their truck. They're both, they're interesting people. They're not bad people, I don't think. One of them, one of them seems pretty cagey. The other one seems kind of weaselly, a bit mean, but um, I've never seen either one do bad stuff. But uh, at any rate, they're called the cannibals. They live inside their truck. They, uh, they have a, an odor to them. They are, uh, I'm trying not to be mean. I don't want to speak mean about people, but they're, they're dirty guys. They're kind of, they seem like dirty hillbillies. Um, but, uh, one of the cannibals had been missing for a while. The mean one had been missing. So only, only the cagey one was there. And, and he's talkative. He's a talkative dude. So he was just going around chattering at people. Uh, but he has a lot of knowledge. He knows antiques. He knows things. So anytime he comes up to me and talks, I do listen. So we're standing there. We're in line. We're waiting what they do is they bring carts of stuff out and they make everybody stand behind a line and they bring them out. Uh, it's unsorted stuff. They bring usually six at a time and 
they get them all in a row and then they wait till everyone's ready and they say walk please and then everybody runs like crazy people to go get the stuff. We're in line waiting for you know the the call to go and he starts talking to me and he says hey do you want to know the secret and I have no idea what he's talking about but he goes do you want to know the secret and I say yeah yeah okay but you know tell me the secret he goes I'm going to tell you the secret of the dig and I'm thinking this is it. This is gold right here. This is the moment you've been waiting for. And he says, have you ever noticed how some people get better things than other people? Have you ever noticed how, say, Stella gets all the toys or George gets all the gold or this guy gets all the this? If you want to get what they get, line up next to them. And I'm thinking, well, that seems obvious. You know, that seems like they must know what they're looking for and they do find it. So if you go near them you might find the things that they normally get. People tend to get the same things. You got people who are always getting electronics, people who get this. Just people are looking for certain things. He says, line up next to the people who are getting what you want to get. And I said, okay, I'm thinking that that's that. But then he goes, do you want to know why? And I say, yes, I do want to know why. He says, if you notice, right before drop, they will check their phones. The reason is, they have friends in the back who put things in there for them and then message them about what cart the thing is in. I was uh, mind blown. So I start looking around, checking it out to see if that's true. And I noticed Stella's checking her phone and the other dude is checking his phone and the other Mexican dude is checking his phone. And these are all people who are very successful at the dig, people who run pretty big, fully market enterprises or whatever, and uh, that's it. That's it right there. The dig is a work. The dig is worked. People in the back are working the drops. I, I don't know, man. I'm glad that the uh, American Cannibal told me this because now I can use this information to uh, get in on the work because they don't know that I know. I guess I'm telling it to the whole universe, but they don't know that I know, so... I might start saddling up next to uh, Stella when she uh, when she's looking for toys because maybe I can beat her down there. Stella runs a pretty successful flea market business. She has a giant booth. It's like four or five things all connected together with tarps. She has tons of clothes, just everything. And I see her over there when we go to the flea market and she's making money hand over fist, dude. But check it out. Now the kid's in on it. The kid knows the deal. So I am going to be making some moves Uh toward uh, cutting in on her business and adding it to mine. But at any rate, that's weird, right? The whole thing is fixed. I wouldn't say it's fixed, but it is something. That's interesting. And I, um, I'm not the type that goes for the conspiracy theories, but I do see some truth in what the cannibal told me. Uh, I started to pay more attention, and I do see dudes checking their phones right before. And it could be that they're just playing with their phones like I do, but um, I see them kind of like make like a last-second last second see if there's some kind of a message or whatever but i don't know it's all good in the hood because i still do good when i'm over there and i still have fun uh let's check out a commercial real quick let's have a commercial break and we'll be back with another story from the dig the 
Sainides is gross. Malt liquor is gross. At any rate, they had some good commercials back in the day. Um, we're running short on time. I'm going to try to whip out one quick dig story. They have been doing this uh, new gimmick over there where when they bring the carts out, they are covered. They are covered with uh, bed sheets so you can't see what's inside. Um, they're hoping that by... By keeping people from seeing what's in there, that maybe it will stop them from running. Because what people do is they'll see something off in the distance, like a Bose speaker or a USS flag. And when the when the signal's given, they run like crazy trying to get it. So they think if they disguise what's in there, no one will have any reason to run. Um, to me, I, I like it. It adds to the uh, game show element of the thing. Because you don't know what's in there. It's like you're just, you're running to see what you're going to find. And before you may have been able to make a bit of a judgment call, now that's gone. So it adds just, I don't know, it's fun. It makes it a bit more fun to me. And also I feel like, I feel like I have been pulling better stuff out of there that other people aren't running as crazily. So in that sense, it's working. I don't have other people trying to get what I'm getting because you just sort of run over, pull off the curtain and whatever's there is there. Sometimes it's gold. Sometimes it's junk. It's, you know, mostly junk, but sometimes it is gold. So, I don't know. Uh, sheets on the carts. Get the big, uh, big thumbs up from your boy. I'm trying to save... I want to save some space at the end of the show to do a nice Toys R Us report. See what's going on in the world of, uh, action figures and whatever. So, I don't know. I'm going to cut it right here. Let's, uh, final segment of the show coming up. Toys R Us report. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment. Your weekly toy shop update. The Toys R Us Report. Alright, my dudes. We are back for the final segment of the show known as the Toys R Us Report. I guess it's the title segment of the uh, podcast. At any rate, let's talk about um, let's talk about some toys. First thing I saw, I saw this on Facebook the other day on a group called Action Figures. It's pretty cool. It is uh, a Funko release of some Game of Thrones figures. Now, they look like they look like uh, reactions, but they're not. If you want to see what they uh, do uh, look like, hop on over to icrobots.com and check out the show notes for this episode. You get a nice selection of dudes. They mostly are centered around the wall, so you get a you get Jon Snow, you get his dire wolf ghost, you get Samuel Tarly, you get Tyrion, you get that big red-headed wildling, you get, uh, you get all sorts of dudes. You get, um, you also get Egret, you get, uh, a White Walker, you get the Lord of Bones, that's that dude with that mask that was made all of bones, and you get a couple others. You get the, uh, the one who's the King of the North, the one that's like the head zombie or whatever his name is over there, and, uh... As a bonus, now this is bonus thing, you don't, you know, it's not a bonus, I don't know why I said that, it's not like it comes, but, uh, it's an accessory, you get the wall, they are making a big wall, now, I don't know how big it is, in the picture, the, uh, big red-headed wildling dude is standing next to it, and, uh, Jon Snow's on top, again, you can see this on icrobots.com, and he's maybe a quarter of the way, so, I don't know, it's maybe, like, 18 inches, 24 inches tall, but it is... It is definitely dope, and I'm I'm really looking forward to checking this out when it does hit the stores. I think this one is probably going to go uh, over pretty good with our boy Engineer Nerd from a uh, AF Blues. That dude's into uh, he's into reactions. He actually called them his toy of the year, and then he's also into Game of Thrones. So you know what? I am too. I'm into both. So I'm 
really uh, looking forward to checking these dudes out. I think it's going to be fun. I also, I like Ghost. I like the dire wolf. We haven't really seen, like, a dog in the reaction style, so that'll be cool. And I don't know why they aren't calling these reactions, because they do appear to be in the reaction style of figure. Maybe they're taller. I do not know. All I have seen is a picture. Let's see what else is uh, popping off up here when I'm doing the do, hitting around, seeing, uh, hitting the various stores, trying to see what there is there. I go usually, go to Toys R Us a couple times a week. Sometimes I go to Target. I'm not a big Target dude. Something about the atmosphere in there. I don't, I don't really like it that much, but I do go there. I've started hitting up Kmart. I like Kmart. I'm a Kmart kind of guy, and they do have a good toy section. Uh, Walgreens, of course, and just anywhere else. If we go to CVS, I'll check it out. I don't know. I'm always... Always on the lookout, and even though I don't buy a lot, I do want to see what's available. But I have not yet found my Star Wars Black Ray, and uh, according to the newspaper right here, I get the newspaper every day. I like to check it out while I'm eating my breakfast and drinking my coffee. I got it right here, the headline on the front page of the business section for uh, January 13th says, Disney, more Star Wars toys featuring Ray are on the way. And this is like a full half-page article in the paper about how there is just a shortage of Ray Ashley figures out there. Now, I can't find them. I can't even find the Walmart exclusive one where she has the uh, Desert Scavenger hood. I don't want that one. I don't know if I would take it. I probably would, but I'm looking for the one that's number two in the Star Wars Black series where she has the BB-8. It's like two two figures in one as far as I'm concerned. But it's interesting here that, uh, that there's some action figure news in the paper. I was really surprised, you know, I, I, I do check out that part, but usually later, and I was surprised when I flipped to it, there is a picture of our beloved Daisy Ridley running toward the Millennium Falcon, bearing her beautiful teeth, running with that, uh, with Finn, heading into a fly-off Jakku. And then the article goes on a bit about the whole Monopoly fiasco, about how the early set didn't have her as one of the pieces. Now, the game manufacturers claim that they didn't want to give away the idea that Ray was the main protagonist of the story. They wanted to do the old shuck and jive and make you think that Finn was the head dude. And I can dig that, man. That's good marketing. Um, people get all up in arms about things like this. Uh, but anything that involves business, and this is just what I think, I might be wrong, uh, but anything that involves business is just supply and demand. If they thought they could sell a bunch more sets of Monopoly by including Ray, then they would. And once people said they wanted Ray, they said they were going back... In this article here, they actually say that they were going back anyway because, of course, you know, they're going to include Ray. They just didn't want to do it in the initial release. They didn't want you to know what the movie was about, man. Can't you appreciate that? Can't you appreciate that Monopoly wasn't trying to spoil it for you? Um, excuse me. You always hear say that girl action figures don't sell as well as dudes. And I don't know if that's true. I don't. But... If they thought that they would sell well, they would make lots of them because they don't care about this, they don't care about that, they don't care about anything except making money, man. They're just in business. They just want to get some snaps. They don't, they don't care. They're not trying to oppress anybody. If, if, uh, once they find out that you want Ray, man, you're going to have so much Ray, you won't know what to do with yourself. That's what it says here in the article, too. There's just like a million different Ray products coming and, uh. I don't know. I, for one, am pretty stoked about that, I guess. What else is going on in the world of toys that interest me and therefore you? Oh, uh, I just saw that Lego got the license to Batman 66. That's pretty cool. Let's hope that at some point they make an Yvonne Craig Batgirl 66. I mean, I smell money. 
that's how you do it, man. You put some Batgirl in there, and at least you're going to get something from me. But um, when they did the normal Lego uh, Batman, as I recall, I don't have a Batgirl minifigure uh, because they put it in one of the more high-priced sets, and I wasn't going to do it. I wasn't going to go out there and get it. I don't know. I'm not going to fall for that okey-doke. I know that trick. They know you want it, so they're like, hey, man. We're not going to include it with some small motorcycle set. No way, dude. It's coming with, like, the whole shebang. You're going to pay, us, like, 35 bucks, as I recall. Legos are pricey. Legos, um, if I was going to invest in new toys, and I normally don't, I would probably buy some Lego sets. When I check them out on eBay, these things go for a fortune. That was another article I read in the paper recently somewhere. Uh, They were saying that a Lego gives you a bigger return than gold. I mean, honestly, what's more fun? Uh... What would you rather have, you know, assuming that gold isn't the valuable metal that it is, what would you rather have, a tub of gold or a tub of Legos? I would take the Legos every time. All right, I just went online, and I'm checking it out right now. The back cave of that Lego 66 line is just, that's what the playset is. It's the back cave, and man, it's phenomenal. It has up in Wayne Manor. I can see Alfred on the red phone, then it goes down into the cave. It includes the uh, Batmobile. There's a Bat cycle with a sidecar and Robin. And on top of all that, there is Catwoman, looking all dope. It's the Julie Newmar one. She's not wearing a mask. She has ears on top of her head. This is a phenomenal set. I bet it's going to cost like 150 bucks. It's gigantic. But it is gorgeous. So uh, if you want to see that, check that out over on icrobots.com as well. It's just a gorgeous set. I might have to go get it when it comes out. I don't know. I don't usually like to drop that kind of cash on toys. And once I get Legos, anytime I buy a big Lego set, I never want to put it together. Not this Christmas. The Christmas before that, I got the uh, Arashikage Dojo, the G.I. Joe set from a Creo, And I still haven't put it together. It's sitting on a shelf over there. I took all the minifigures out. I love those G.I. Joe Creo minifigures, but I haven't put it together. So I don't know. I wonder if I would buy this Batcave and just sit it somewhere, take out Julie Newmar, take out all the figures, and put them on a shelf. That's probably actually what I would do. So maybe I won't get it. At uh, I think that's what a lot of people do, though. Um, at any rate, this is me, Icy Robots. We're about at the 30-minute mark, so I'm going to sign off. want to send a big shout-out to uh, my boy Gino Vega over at Sensational Manor. Shares the episodes every week. I appreciate that. want to give a big shout-out to Big Sage. Berg, no Sword Gamer, just everybody over at the Retro Junkies Network. Big shout out to Daisy Ridley. This is me, Icy Robot, signing off. Episode number 64. If you don't know, now you know. Recorded live on Jupiter's moon, Callisto, this has been an Icy Robots radio production.